It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're breaking down the biggest X factor for each team in the AFC and NFC South today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league. The Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Joe. Happy Tuesday. Happy, at least for my team, rookies report to training camp day to you. Is that the same for you as well? Yeah, the rookies are there. Week early. We are here. Training camp reporting has begun. Right. Well, it'll be quiet until like the vets get there, right? It's like almost like these the rookies show up. You don't even know what they're really doing. They're like finding their way around campus. It's going to be quiet for another nine days. Yeah. Well, it's we still say that it's still technically here. We say that we got a Hopkins deal, right? You're he gonna, signs with Dalvin Tennessee. Going to sign somewhere in the next week. You got running backs across the world that are just mad, angry be, at the world. Be a better conversation you, for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should save that for tomorrow. I was going to ask you a question, but we'll we'll save that. Did you see the? Who was it? I'm going to float around and produce this thing. I will make sure I give proper credit here to this suggestion. Oh, great. Is it about the line? Is it, um, you're going to talk about classification, classification, Seth Walder. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Put, put the running backs, tight ends and wide receivers in one category as skill players for franchise tag. AKA nobody's getting franchise tagged. If you're a running back or tight end or tight end. Because those those two salary ceilings are 15, 13, 12 to $15 million is like upper first percentile of running backs and tight ends. And you're suddenly going to throw them into the franchise tag bucket with, I guess they'd all be wide receivers, right? Because it's the top. Yes, it would be all receivers. Yeah. You, it's just the, the receiver tag would be the running back and tight end tag. So you, and then somebody else said just, and I think it was a player said, just get rid of the franchise tag for everybody except quarterbacks with an XCBA. Cause that's all you really use it for anyway. I don't know. I disagree with that. I mean, what tight ends and running backs get it too. Right. I think there's a lot of value to the friend. I think the, the franchise tag is the most lopsided tool in the CBA in favor of the teams in my mind. It is, but it's also for these small market teams that draft a good player and then they bolt it gives them some ability to maintain control i don't i don't know what the right answer there is but i i just feel like i don't know that helps the problem because running backs are just not going to get franchise tagged and then they're just going to be in these 
stands okay, on the goat negotiations. Wouldn't you rather just not get franchise tag than get franchise tag than have these guys like Le'Veon Bell and Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley say, I'm not going to sign my tag. I'm not playing this year. How'd that go for Lev Bell? Well, it, we have two guys that are teasing that they might be on the precipice of doing the same thing. Well, so losing a year of tenure and not playing in the midst of your physical peak, I think axing the franchise tag and in formality by putting it in a bucket would help that. Not a math guy. Not have that situation. Not a math guy, but a twelve million dollar salary is twelve million dollars more than a zero dollar salary. Yeah, it's like if you're a business, right? And you yeah. Take all your revenue and you don't count your expenses. You say, oh, not counting our expenses, we're a profitable company, right? Like, not great. It's not how it works. X Factors is the theme of our conversation today. We're going to weave together these divisional X Factor conversations with these, you know, market uh, conversations like we did yesterday with quarterbacks. But today we're talking AFC South, NFC South, X Factors, the biggest unknown, the biggest incomplete aspect of the football team that's going to be defining in the season. We talk about the NFL, it's a competitive league. The difference is often in the margins, and I think we're going to focus a lot of time today on the margins for these eight teams in the AFC and NFC South. Are we counting rookies in this? I have um, some teams where I, I definitively have an incomplete evaluation player, which is a net zero player Yeah, uh, in, in some cases. Uh, but then there's rookies, which are a definitive zero, regardless of what your draft status is, because you haven't played any snaps yet. I have one rookie listed across the eight teams. Okay. So we are, you can include rookies then. Yeah. Okay, great. So why don't we, why don't we do them in the order in which they drafted this year? All right. So not meant you stay on top of that. I've got answers down. You tell me tell what you the, team. I can tell you the Houston Texans pick second and third. Okay. Well, I have my answer for the Texans. Go go ahead. For, for me with the Houston Texans, it's Derek Stingley. And Derek Stingley is an immensely talented football player, but we have not seen any sustained stretches of dominant play, right? Like it's he had the one good season at LSU, then it was kind of a bumpy ride. Last year with for, Houston was a like bumpy the ride. Last two years at LSU were bumpy rides. And what I don't think is getting enough attention, but will will get attention soon, is that they picked Derek Stingley over Sauce Gardner, right? Like mm-hmm. that was the thing that happened. And you know, based on the way that people are putting together cornerback lists, if you don't think Sauce Gardner is like top three right now, then you just Why don't do watch you football. Hate Sauce Gardner, yeah, I, I hate him and so Quinn much. And Williams, a, a one year player, I thought was a top ten player at his position <laughs> in the NFL after one season. I hate Jeff him so much. Were- big mad at you yeah and i just i i just ignored it and did what i do i go went to the golf course and let people yell at each other on twitter while i'm you know trying to get birdies and pars can you uh, just tell me one thing that sauce gardner does better than Derek stingley though you know kyle it's my favorite you, running joke that we have on and, and not there's not many people that would understand the joke but i do and it's a very good one it's Derek stingley <laughs> and here's the thing kyle right this is a this is a build right for the houston texans and i know that we look at a lot of what they did this year in the draft and all that stuff it's all great but you also had two first-round picks in 2021 or 2022. And right now you have Derek Stingley and Kenyon Green. And if Kenyon Green's just an okay starting guard and Derek Stanley, Stingley winds up kind of being a flop at corner, well, then I don't think you're going to love the return on those two top 15 selections, including a top three pick. So I need okay. to see it from Derek Stingley this year and for a number of years moving forward. 
I was sitting here feeling like me getting all cute was really going to hit, hit the big time here. And then you expanded it out. I have their top 15 picks from the last two years. Like CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, Derek Stingley, and Kenyon Green. We know next to nothing about that collective group right. before, and they're all top 15 picks. So if the Texans are going to be good this year, I have a feeling that group, that foursome of players, is going to have a large part of the reason why. If they're not good this year, boy, oh boy, can we start to get a little concerned because I have a feeling those players, three of which play critical positions at the NFL stage. Yeah. If you're not being able to put it together, then we're going to get a little apprehensive. So for me, it was just the low-hanging fruit of like, man, this team has picked a lot early lately. What can you show for it? And if it starts to come together this year, this team will probably start to come together a little bit this year, and they'll outperform some of the expectations. And we'll figure out when we do our live stream tonight, <laughs> if we pick more Houston Texans games, we'll figure out more of what our expectation is for the Texans on the, sh- on the show. 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, playoffpredictors.com. We're on the YouTube channel. So hit subscribe. Come see us. 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Locked On NFL Scouting YouTube channel. Subscribe, hit the bell, and come join us for us predicting mm-hmm. games. We're going to do it tonight, which is Tuesday, and again, probably Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the plan. Yeah. yeah, we'll be busy this week, so hope you're busy with us. Yeah, don't miss it. In fact, don't miss your opportunity to head on over to FanDuel and take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's simply no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You deserve so many flowers for how you segued there. Like, it's not even funny. That was amazingly done. Thank you. Bravo. Are we going to continue in the... Oh, we got to do in draft order now, huh? Well, you know, we already the goofed Colts. it. The, the Panthers pick number one, Kyle. So <laughs> let's do the AFC South in the order in which they draft. All right. <laughs> so the Colts are next because they picked at four. And we know who they picked. They picked Anthony Richardson. And I can, I can keep track of four picks simultaneously. Tennessee's right. next and then the Jaguars. All right, I went first on the last team. Why don't you take this one? Okay, so uh, the Indianapolis Colts, for me, let me go around here and pull up my notes. When I look at this team, I have to go to the cornerback position. 
with the unceremonious departure of Isaiah Rogers, who was, it's a super unfortunate situation. We're still going to wait for more information to come out other than, you know, what, what's already been reported. Um, but you have Juju Brents and Darius Rush is two height, weight, speed, physical rookie cornerbacks. Dallas Flowers right now. Like those are your top three outside cornerbacks. Kenny Moore stud in the nickel. He made our top 10 nickel corners in the NFL. I think he was top three for both of us consensus. Mm -hmm. Stud player. Not concerned about the nickel. But I am concerned about, I mean, shoot, you you can expand this to include effectively the entire secondary where you have (laughs) Rodney Thomas as a second year player out of the Ivy League. Uh, who had a couple of picks last year, but was mm-hmm. up and down. And Nick Cross was a mid-round pick out of University of Maryland as a second-year player, and it has not come together for him yet either. Julian Blackman we feel good about as an adequate starter, but uh, just we have a whole lot of questions and a whole lot of youth in the secondary. So if I were to point to a group, I would say it's the secondary. If I had to point to a player, I would say it's Juju Brents because of – the expectation that we have for him as a player based on how we got to know him as a player, his film resume, his performances in big stages, where he was drafted. Brent's has to be a big time player for the Colts this year. If they're going to be able to have an effective pass defense, because I, I really don't love a lot of what they have in pass rush to help mitigate this group either. That's a good answer, Kyle. And in fact, I, I wrote down a couple of things for every team just to make sure that there wasn't redundancy between our answers, and and that was my backup option was was uh, the the young corners, especially. And you're going to say Rogers. You're, you're, you're going to say Bernard Raymond. Yeah, I, I think you have to. Um, I think this combination. Uh, you have two incomplete evaluations on the offensive line: one at left tackle and Bernard Raymond, which I think is clearly the most important. But also, whatever's going to happen at right guard, I, I think there's potentially a. A, com- a competition between Danny Pinter, Will Fries, those types of guys. But regardless well of who- every other offensive lineman that you have on the roster into that competition. Sure. But Just in quiet. right guard and left tackle, right? And, and look, maybe Blake Freeland can make some noise there at left tackle. I think that's probably unlikely. I thought Bernard Raymond got better throughout last season. But I think with a completely unsettled situation at right guard and a lot to prove at left tackle, now, this offensive line is front and center for me, especially with a young quarterback and Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor, who's your bell cow. That's the guy that you're going to lean on. And obviously his success is going to be largely predicated on that front five in front of him. So I, I look at that left tackle, that right guard spot and um, feel like that's where my biggest concern is. And, you know, that's where I think the margins can be for Indy, especially when you consider, you know, Quentin Nelson has been awesome, but I think most people would, would agree that the last couple of years haven't been vintage Quentin Nelson. And now he's playing against a very incomplete player at left tackle. And then you love Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith at center and right tackle. And, you know, how much do you take away from their effectiveness by having an unknown at right guard? So I, I'm curious to see how those two positions unfold for Indy. Okay, so the Tennessee Titans picked third in the draft order for the AFC South teams, which to be fair, that is how we had it laid out on the right third was AFC South we're going to do first. So I reserved my right to say that I was not blatantly wrong. The Titans. First of all, can we agree DeAndre Hopkins is a quality starter at this stage in his career? Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of what we've done. We did the film back in March. Yeah. 
when it was um, first reported that this was over. Yeah, we we felt pretty good about what he showed on tape. And I did you see this? I again, I don't know who tweeted it. It might have been Schefter, but like Mike Vrabel was Has the more, was yeah the leading touchdown touchdown yeah most receiving touchdowns in the NFL uh, like as part of the Titans and he's the coach and he played linebacker right um so like needed it right you needed hop i think green bay should have been more in on this conversation um but yeah big big addition big addition for them good addition uh definitely changes the shape of the skill group i think you feel a lot better having a second accomplished starter in alongside derrick henry for me, I think you could put, pick any one of the three pass catchers that are second-year players, and you'd be right. Like You'd have a legitimate argument to make between Chigokonkwo at tight end, Kyle Phillips in the slot, and Traylon Burks as their first-round wide receiver pick from last year. Uh, e- even with the emergence of Hop, I'm going to go with Traylon Burks as the big X factor for this offense, because if he ends up being a dynamic player who is challenging to cover, I think that really changes the math proposition that you're expecting when you get the Titans, because otherwise what you're going to do is you're going to get heavy boxes and you're going to get, Safety rolled over to help against Nuke, and you're going to play outside leverage with the corner. You're going to play inside leverage with the safety. You're going to bracket him, and you're going to say, okay, the other guys are going to have to beat us one-on-one. And if if you have to have somebody that can beat you one-on-one, and where you drafted Traylon Burks, to me, that's the critical player. That's the X factor is Traylon Burks. Yeah, I think it's a good answer, man. I, you know, they needed Hop, but they also need – Burks and Chiga Conquu and Kyle Phillips to yeah. find themselves as well. Um, great answer. I'll, I'll go with the offensive line. Um, man, there's surprise, qu- surprise. Question, 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 question. <laughs> the whole friggin' thing is a question mark. Even I mean, left tackle, Andre Dillard, never been a full time starting left tackle in the NFL. Peter Scaronsi has never played a down in the NFL. I feel Aaron, good about Daniel Brunskill. I'll get there at center. Aaron <laughs> Brewer um, is the outlier of outliers, is like a 280 pound player that's going to center after playing guard which probably is going to be his best position anyways but you know he's got big shoes to fill there Have you know ben jones a great player for them for a long time daniel brunskill here he is also his first first season on the team right and they had great offensive line coach there in san francisco so we'll we'll see he's obviously making a transition um and then i mean what's going on at right tackle with nicholas petit friere i know he's got a suspension right suspension that he's dealing with six, so. six games so jamarco jones or jalen duncan or something like that dylan i don't know Radunes, man like this Dude. is the thir- third year in a row where it might be dylan radunes and he just can't close the deal and right it's right there for him dylan radunes right. has been on a damn platter for you for years it's a you layup. take it <laughs> jeez man so yeah and then petit friere trying to get back up to speed after missing six weeks as a second year player right dude it's, it's like it's like you want to like like the defense, and you're like, okay, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, like Tannehill, maybe he can find himself. But it's like, man, this O line's got to come together here uh, mm-hmm. for this to work. Yep. And then you have Jacksonville. Why don't you go first with Jacksonville? All right, here I am, back to the offensive, offensive line. line. Luke Fortner. Well, left you, tackle Anton Harris. I'll, I'll do the one thing. Well, it, Jaguars fans are going to yell at you because I think he's going to play right tackle. Remember, they didn't like when we said that. Um, but 
it is Anton Harrison for me, Kyle. And like things were necessary when they drafted him. And then they got like really necessary with like the, was it what Cam Robinson has a suspension, right? Like, yes. Like we just, it's just a dicey situation. He's been pretty unreliable for them. And I think about Trevor Getting Lawrence. a lot of money to be really unreliable. A lot too. of money. I, th- I think this ga- uh, takes away the guaranteed money, though. So it we'll see. How- but regardless. Yeah, I think this guy's a critical player, especially with Walker Little, who's, I, I think, come in and played well um, after some tough circumstances in college and even to start his NFL career. But, you know, this is a player that they really need to come in and be excellent, right? I mean, you still have some other questions in, in the middle of this offensive line. And you got some fun skill players, but obviously protection is going to be critical. And Anton Harrison is going to be, I'm sure, the the main the main attraction for defensive coordinators of how they're going to attack the offensive line. It's going to put a lot of stress on Anton Harrison. He's got a big call to answer this year. Okay. So offensive line notwithstanding, and Trevor Lawrence being a player who how high he's going to reach into his ceiling being notwithstanding is an incomplete evaluation. We really need Trayvon Walker to be a thing this year, too. Mm-hmm. What do you got behind Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker right now? Not much. Chase on. Clavon Chase on. Deshaun Dixon. Rookie Yasir Abdullah. Jordan yeah. Smith. That's your pass rush room. Like low, low key. Um, they really could have afforded to bring back DeWan Smoot. If he's healthy, right? No, he had that late healthy. injury. So. Yeah, but you no, know, just still pass rushers out there, man. Yannick Ngakwe, come home, baby. Let's go. <laughs> That's a great point. I'm looking at this group and I'm like, Carlos Dunlap, don't you like Tra- Florida? <laughs> if Trayvon Walker's kind of up and down, we got a really ugly looking outside pass rush group as far as what we know about these, these players right now. So we need Trayvon Walker as the first overall pick to realize some more of that potential. And I think that he will. I'm optimistic about it, but that for me is the other spot uh, for Jacksonville aside of the offensive line. All right, folks, the NFC South takes center stage right after Kyle and I get back from a very quick break. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, John, I don't know if you know this, but the Panthers picked first overall. Heard about you, it. You could also make the argument that they organically picked ninth and therefore that it was still right to go. That was always the intent. Always. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Sorry we weren't clear with those, that communication. Now, the question is, as I sit here and I scroll down, Chicago organically got the first overall pick. They traded it to the Carolina Panthers. So does that mean the let's, Falcons let, are first? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's let's lean into the bit and let's go to the Panthers now. All right. Okay. Uh, 
Carolina, I think they've got a really good-looking offensive line. If you want to sit here and talk about right tackle with Cade Mays and Austin Corbett coming off the injury, we can go there if you'd like. Um, I, I have a Do you have something else? No, yeah, I got something else for sure. Good, good. I'm going to stay away from the offensive line here with this division. I got other questions. But I think for Carolina, for me, X-Factors and, and not um, – this isn't necessarily – no, it is an unknown. I'll, I'll just say it. It's this combination of Jonathan Mingo and Terrence Marshall for me because I like the floor of a lot of their skill players and I like the roles that they can fill. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for a guy that has a chance to be like a high-volume, go-to, no doubt about it, 100-plus targets, it's probably one of those two guys with their youth and their size and their athletic potential both of them and Terrence Marshall made some big plays last season down the stretch and obviously they they drafted Mingo pretty high man like yeah, top 40 pick the 40s. they really liked him you could tell they they Panthers always do great YouTube content through their team channel and you saw like their draft stuff and like really definitely portrayed it as a player they really wanted um, and so I think one of those two guys really emerging as a focal point for the offense and that way you allow the likes of Adam Thielen and DJ Chark and Hayden Hurst to kind of fill in the blanks around them, I think would be really big for Bryce Young as he steps in this lineup. You know, he's probably going to lean on, you know, some of those young guys that are with him to pair with and and be the focal point of what they're going to do offensively for a number of years to come. And I think Marshall and Mingo at wide receiver are the guys that give you the best chance to be that. I would agree with you. Uh, and I, I would even go so far as to include Adam Thielen in kind of the X factor component here, because how much does Thielen have left in the tank? He's a much different player than those other two, but he's kind of the household name of the wide receiver group right now for his NFL accolades. And there's been some regression there athletically. How, how much life can you continue to have? Before we move on from the Panthers though, quick follow-up because on our live stream uh, that we did last week, we talked about, a Panthers player and Luke Combs concert and that, you know, which one it was oh, going to be. Who was it? Which one was going to be, you know, shotgunning beers with Luke Combs on stage? Bozeman. The answer, Kyle, is none. Can you believe that? The hell's Dave Tepper's problem? Right, I don't. I mean, he brings live music to Charlotte and then he's going to let division rivals, the Buccaneers, have players drink beers on stage with Luke Combs and we can't get one? I don't know, man. It's a little questionable. A little sus. Um, <laughs> no question for me who the incomplete evaluation X factor is for the Atlanta Falcons. Go ahead. It's Desmond Ritter, right? Yeah, of course. There's no question. I mean, this is a team that's one of the best offensive lines in football from our assessment. You've got a bunch of top half of the first round picks in your skill group. You're in year three of an offense with an offensive minded coach and Arthur Smith. They spent all the money on the defensive side of the ball. And they really just gave the keys to the car to Desmond Ritter and said, four games, you're our guy. We're going to lock you in. Okay, go do it, young man. That's that for me. The the story of the Falcons is going to start and finish with what Desmond Ritter does with this opportunity this year. Uh, to give something different, I, I look at the linebacker tandem of Troy Anderson and Caden Ellis. Love the athleticism, love the mm-hmm. upside. Uh, but both are pretty raw players, even with Caden Ellis getting the deal that he got. But and Troy Anderson just was such a fun player at Montana State with all the positions he played, including like quarterback. 
um, and running back in addition to linebacker and was like the conference player of the year on both sides of the football. But I think him stepping into this defense that's now coordinated by Ryan Nielsen and, you know, really emerging, right, and, and solidifying that spot behind a revamped front and a revamped secondary, I think would be huge for the defense. Which takes us to where did New Orleans pick? Well, they and where did Tampa pick? New like Orleans organically weird... didn't pick anywhere. They picked the they got the Dolphins pick through the Broncos, right? Okay, so that was twenty nine. But Tampa still they won the division, so and they were a playoff team, so they organically picked but last. They, but they picked Cansey. Yeah. But when the South, we leaned into Carolina trading up to yeah. first and did them first. So we should do the actual order, which means so Tampa Bay should be next. Yeah. I have pass rush written down here, Kyle. There's everything on the face of the planet for this team is happening. Right. But you only can pick one thing, right? So go ahead. Go ahead. To, to me, it's to me, it's pass rush, man, where like, I don't know. You have Shaq Barrett. He's back. Great. But what else? What? Joe Tryon, Shoyanka, hopefully the year three breakout happens. Um, Anthony Nelson, I think you kind of know what he is. Kalijah Cansey is a rookie. Uh, certainly, pass rush was a big reason that you, you drafted him. Vita Vey and Greg Gaines are nice, though. And they can and both get at, they can both rush pushers, pass a little bit. Right, yeah, yeah, I, I respect them, but like, I want to see this happen. We need, we need someone to step up in a, in a big way here on this front in terms of pass rush. How We're also going to have to lean into simulated pressures, and that's probably okay if you're going to feature Devin White, but I think okay. I think a lot about this pass rush. Offensively. You have a second-year player in Rashad White. You have two second-year players and a rookie in the tight end room with K-Dot and Kokaif and Payne Durham. I like that tight end room, but what the heck are you actually going to tangibly get this year? I thought Otten played pretty well. You've got... Is it fair to say Mike Evans is regressing? Wake me up when he doesn't get 1,000 yards. Is it fair to say that Mike Evans is regressing? Especially when he's got to go play with Baker Mayfield this year? He didn't got Tom throwing him the ball, man. And then, like, Chris, Chris Godwin has not reached the peak of whatever, what was it, a knee injury? Yeah. Like, when he peaked before the knee injury, we haven't seen that version of Chris Godwin since. You've got three spots on the offensive line for rookie Cody Motch, Luke Gudecki, Nick Leverett, Aaron Stinney, Robert Hainsey, Matt Filer, Justin Skewell. It's the, the whole offense is a mess. And the transition, right? Like, could you think of a yeah. bigger transition than Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield throwing the football 800 times to probably maybe 70% of that, maybe 60% of Joe, that? The rest of their running back room is Chase Simmons and Keyshawn Vaughn. I'd probably tough. try and throw, I'd probably try and throw it 800 times again. Why should I feel <laughs> any better about this group's ability to run the football? Maybe because Dave Canales is the OC and it's not running game. Byron Leftwich. Running game is is my answer to the X factor. Expand it out. Y'all got to be able to run the football. Take some pressure off Baker Mayfield and be a little bit more balanced offensively, and not average two point eight yards per carry. 
It's not a real number, but it's not far off from what they actually did. I think it was 3.1. For the team that brought us, who was that? Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber, baby. The, <laughs> the, we have the Mendoza line in football for running backs is the Peyton Barber line. <laughs> <laughs> well, is yeah. it 250 touches and under four yards, under touch. four yards per touch? It's rare, rare, rare <laughs> touches and less than a thousand yards. You great. get that blend of opportunity and lack of production. It is an incredible thing. So we have the Saints as the last team from a where they picked in actuality and not from an organic standpoint. Uh, where do you want to go with the Bucks, Joe? I have Paulson Adebo and uh, second year corner uh, Alante Taylor is my X factor spot for them. Is that what you have? Uh, it's one of the things I had down, so I can go somewhere else. I did just want to confirm the Bucks did. Uh, Averaged 3.4 yards per carry last year and had five rushing touchdowns on the season. Five rushing touchdowns Five rushing touchdowns on the season. Wow. I'm sure every other team had at least 10. And one of them came from Tom Brady. So. All right, so you have the competition between Paulson, Adebo, and Alante Taylor, which I think is a great answer. One of those guys really settling in opposite of Lattimore would be huge. Um, I think you could look at Trevor Penning at left tackle, but that's not where I'm going to go. No, I'm not going to go offensive line. I, I, I could have. I think you could have, could have done it for all eight of these teams in some way. Michael uh, Thomas? That's a great answer as well. I, there's just a lot of newness to this defensive line. Uh, Brian Brzee is a first-round pick. Nathan Shepard as a free agent signing. You know, Shai Tuttle left. Um, you don't have Marcus Davenport. You're kind of leaning more into Carl Granderson slash Isaiah Foskey slash Peyton Turner slash Tanoa passing young, right? Like, I think... I think you need some of these guys to really emerge um, to feel like I, I feel like throughout the years with the Saints and as they tra- tra- transition away from Drew Brees and even at times when they had Drew Brees late, I always got a lot of comfort in the Saints because I thought they were good in the trenches. And I think they can be good in the trenches, but I think you have more unknowns on this defensive line than you've had in a number of years, especially with Cam Jordan maybe finally showing some signs of age a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. Um so my, my mind's here with the D-line here in New Orleans. Anya Metagon, too. Yeah, another good name. Yeah, good pull. So, yeah, that's that's the X-Factors for the South. AFC South, NFC South, those are our thoughts on a uh, couple unit discussions, but more so some, some individuals that are young players or, or players who have spent some time uh, not fulfilling their potential and, and how they are going to be critical pieces for their respective teams to – maximizing the potential of that team in 2023. Uh, Joe, tomorrow we're talking running back market. Uh, Feels like a good time to do it. <laughs> and here's your sign, right? So you're going to want to go ahead and hit subscribe. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We appreciate you guys who are locked in with us on a daily basis here on the Locked On Network. It is your team's every day of Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We're Locked On NFL Scouting. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk to you all again tomorrow. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 